Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Todd. I'm the Connections Pastor at Pathway Church. So this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about life groups, uh, but I'm also going to be talking about, like our gamer friend that was just talking to us, I'm going to be talking about the subject of time. So Pastor Nathan started a series on time just last week, and uh, when he talked about it, he was talking about how time is such a precious resource, and I think we all know that to be true, right? If we just say that, we know that to be true, although in the moment, sometimes we don't realize it. See, time is something that we can't buy more of, we can't save up for, and we can't get it back once it's gone. Yet, how many times have we found ourselves in a place where we waste time? Am I the only person that does that? Sometimes it's like a supply and demand thing. We think we have so much time, so we'll waste it. We assign very little value to time. Whereas there's certain situations, if there's a deadline coming at work or at school, or Nathan used the example last week, if, if you've been to a doctor and you got a diagnosis that is awful, and all of a sudden you didn't think time was limited, but now time is limited to a certain number of days approximately, and what happens to that time? So the time itself didn't change, but the value of that time gets so much bigger in our eyes, doesn't it? I think so many times we will waste time. In fact, we even have a term for this now. We, we call it killing time. We call it killing time. And since cell phones and smartphones and the internet have kind of become commonplace, the number of ways that we can kill time is so much higher. Because the way that we view time is going to determine the way we use it. And if we think we just have so much that it has so little value then we will kill time. Now, I used to work for TELUS. I worked for TELUS for 15 years, just short of 15 years. And for part of that time, I was a diagnostic technician. It was kind of, we would remotely uh, log into different uh, networks and phone systems, things like that. And we had some pretty important clients. We had most of the hospitals across the GTA. We had the Department of National Defense. We had lots of large corporations. And how our business worked was during the week, we had lots of people working. But on weekends and evenings, there was one of us. Near the end, there was two of us. But at the start, there was one of us. So when it got busy at work, you can understand it got really busy. And when you're working a midnight shift, you're working from midnight until noon the next day. And you get busy in the middle of the night, it just the stress level goes up so high because you're not really prepared for that in the middle of the night. Fortunately for us, I would say 80% of the time was not busy. There was a lot of downtime. We actually got to be very creative with how we could kill time. And sometimes we did it productively. I, I remember I did lots of reading and studying. I got some certifications that later helped me out in my career. So that was really good. I, I was able to make good use of that time. But there was also a lot of times that I found creative ways to kill time. And I have an example of it here. Um, it's kind of an old game. Maybe some of you have seen it. Some of you haven't. Yeah, right up there. 
that. It's got funky music to it too. So that keeps you engaged when it's 2 a.m. and there's nothing going on. And the purpose of this game, if you're like, what on earth is this? Out of that hole at the top, there's going to be all these ants. The ants are really weak at first, but they get really mighty. And they're trying to steal your picnic pizza. At 2 a.m., this makes a lot of sense. And they're coming towards you. So you strategically plant a number of cannons, machine guns, and yes, rocket launchers of different strengths to kill these evil ants so they don't steal your pizza. And that is the very definition of killing time. <laughs> How many of us have something like this on our phone right now? Can I, let's just raise hands. How many people? Okay, there's a few and I don't trust the rest of you. But... <laughs> Honestly, we find such creative ways to kill time, but there's one problem with that. The problem with killing time, and this is a great quote by A.W. Tozer that says, when you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. That's right, we can't get it back. See, as Pastor Nathan spoke last week, if we view it truly as the valuable thing that it is, that we see the significance of time, I think we will use it with wisdom. And there's two more things about time that I know that I think as soon as I say them, I think you're going to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Number one is that there is never enough time. Anyone else feel that? It feels like there's never enough time. Never enough time to visit all the people you want to visit, spend time with who you want to spend time with, maybe watch all the movies that you want to watch, or get jobs done around the house. Do you know at our house, we had a constant drip coming from our tub the faucet in our bathtub. And we had that not for five days, not five weeks. You're like, wow, you let it go five months? No, five years. Five years that thing dripped. And we had little fixes here and there, but never the proper fix. Because you know what? It didn't feel significant and we never made time for that. So yes, there is never enough time and that's what it feels like. But the other thing is that the urgent often crowds out the important, doesn't it? I see this in my life so much. I can be out in the backyard kicking a soccer ball with my daughter and then my phone rings and I have a decision. Am I going to answer that phone because it's ringing and vibrating and it's just like this thing that I got to answer that thing. We have that thing inside of us but when we choose that we're losing the more important thing, aren't we? The urgent is crowding out the important What about if you're on a date, whether you're married or not married, your significant other, just someone you hope will be your significant other, and you are sitting, say you're at the keg, and you're sitting there getting ready to enjoy this great meal, and you're pouring out your heart to each other, gazing into each other's eyes, and then your buddy texts you about the player on your fantasy hockey team that just got hurt, and we got to update our lines really quick, and you actually do it. See, that's a problem. That's probably a whole other sermon, but that's a problem. But so many times in our life, the urgent will crowd out the important in our life. And that's why this morning, what I wanted to speak to you about is priorities. See, when something has priority, it means we have to make a decision. It doesn't just happen. We have to make a decision to put it first. Going back to my uh, time at TELUS, when I first started at TELUS, this was about 2001, there was this new technology called VoIP, or voice over IP, and it was really, really new at that time, and nobody in the business world would use it for their business. Like, that's just crazy talk, right? But the promise of it, 
of all the cost savings, if you didn't have long distance anymore, if you had an office in Toronto and one in Atlanta, and you need to call a supplier in Atlanta, you could actually go through the internet and then make a local call. In our business that we were in, that was a really big deal. And TELUS was the first one in, in Canada to be able to offer this to businesses, and they offered it at a rate of $0 because we wanted to see if this thing would work. And you know what? It didn't. It was awful. It was really, really bad. It was one of those things where calls would drop. You'd have one-way communication. You would hear a sentence, and you would hear words like one, three, seven, and 60, and nothing in between. It's just these little blips. And there was a number of things, and there was technological advancements that helped make this possible, because now this is literally everywhere. So many businesses, most big businesses have this now. But the one change that had to be made is the packets of information, those things that go through the internet without getting overly technical, had to be given priority. If someone was downloading a file or sending an email, those packets in the equipment that we use to make that happen had to know that those voice packets were the most important thing because in real time, we had to make it sound right. And this is very often what our lives look like. Just like in that scenario, it was limited bandwidth that was the issue. In our lives, we have limited time bandwidth, don't we? And if that time exceeds the bandwidth that God has given us and that we have in this life, we are going to have some problems. And this is a big deal. Because as we think about this, the stakes are really high. The kind of funny examples I gave before, if we don't prioritize certain relationships in our life, They're not going to be healthy. If we don't prioritize our relationship with God, if we are Christians and Christ followers in this place, if we do not prioritize that relationship, the stakes are very high and we're we're going to be in trouble. See, setting our priorities means we have to make a decision. We have to decide that certain things are going to be first because what we do first will determine what gets done. Very truly, what we do first will determine what gets done. Now, we can look at the Bible and we can see a few examples. The first one, um, obviously, every example of a good thing, I, I just automatically think of Jesus' life first. And it makes a lot of sense. But you think about Jesus. He was on this earth. He was fully man. He was fully God. Yet, what was his priority? It was to do his Father's will. Many days it meant going away from other people so that he could spend time with his Father and to pray to his father. And this kind of blows my mind because I'm like, you are the son of God. This is incredible. This absolutely blows my mind, but that was a priority in his life. And you might be thinking, well, that, that was Jesus. Well, what about Daniel? And we've heard of Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, and we've heard about the story at the end of it. But if we look at the beginning of the story, this was a man who prioritized his relationship with God. This is a man that every day would make it a priority to pray three times a day. And he had promotion in his life. He was blessed in his life to the point where people got jealous. They convinced the king to change the laws so that it's going to mess up his priorities. And what was Daniel's response? His response was to keep doing what he was doing because he had priorities. Because he understood that what he did first determined what was going to get done. And he knew what was the most important thing. See, oftentimes, and I want to say always, the results that we see in our life are directly connected to the priorities that we give in our life. Directly connected. 
If you look at another man in the Bible, his name was Judas. Now, Judas, he got to hang around with Jesus for a long time. He got to see Jesus preach and teach like nobody ever has or ever will in history. He got to watch as Jesus would heal someone who couldn't walk and they would walk. Heal someone who couldn't see and they could see and forgive the sins of someone. And people are like, what? He got to walk alongside that, but his priorities were found to be different, weren't they? Because at the end of the day, he betrayed his friend for a bag of money. How many people in this world, in this culture, and I hate to say it, in this room and maybe on this stage, sometimes we prioritize things that shouldn't be first. There's a scripture I just wanted to read, uh, just a few verses in the book of Matthew. And, and you may have heard this before, you may not, but it's in Matthew chapter 6. And this is right in the middle of uh, Jesus doing a lot of teaching to his disciples. There's a whole range of topics starting in chapter 5, and there's all kinds of topics. But we're going to pick this up in Matthew uh, 6. We're going to start in verse 27. And it says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, Jesus makes it very clear what needs to be first. We can see that, right? To seek his kingdom, to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And that much is very clear. It's hard to do, but it's, it's very clear. But you notice those other things? He didn't say not to worry about them at all, not to do anything with them. He said they can't be first. And I think that's the problem that we have so often in our life. It's not that we're like way off the rails all the time. We just have our priorities a little bit mixed up sometimes. Now, I wanted to do a bit of a visual and this is going to work way better in this service than last service, as I have both my hands this time. So this is fantastic. But what we're going to do, you may have seen this. Uh, I've seen people do this in financial talks. And I actually saw Andy Stanley do this um, in relation to time. And it just, it made a lot of sense to me. So I wanted to share it with you. So I don't know if everybody can see this, but this jar right here represents your time, represents my time might be our time in a month, our time in a year, or our, our lifetime. This is the time that we have. These little crystals I got from the dollar store, $1.25 a package, two packages in here, not worth very much. And that's what this is. These are the things in life, they're sparkly, and they're not bad, they're good. They're the things we enjoy in life. And those things are okay, as long as they're not our priorities in life, right? And that's what these are. These, for me, Everyone's going to be different from me. These might be going golfing, um, playing hockey, might be going kayaking or, or doing some traveling. I like all, doing all those things. As long as those things aren't the priority in my life, I'm okay. But look what happens. This is my life, but we start with this. And then we take this rock, and now all these rocks represent things that are really important in our life. And I take this first one. We'll call this the God rock. This represents my relationship with God. 
and I put that in the jar. And it kind of goes in the jar, and you're like, all right, I read the scripture, you know, seek ye first God and his kingdom and his righteousness, I'm doing okay. And then uh, we take another rock, let's do, uh, that's a good-looking rock, so spending time with your spouse, so we'll put that one in there, and then we're going to spend some time with our kids, because that's important. And uh, what if we spend some time with our friends and our extended family? They might be a bit weird. This one's a bit weird shape, so we'll put that one right there. Um, That's for you, Madison. Um, And uh, (laughs) this one might represent your health and exercise and eating well, all of which take time. So we're going to put that one in, in the jar. As you can see, we're getting pretty full. And now we have our career. And this one, maybe, maybe right now we'll say this one represents what you're doing at the church. Maybe it's volunteering or different things you're doing at the church. Can anyone see a problem here? See, the problem is that we only have this much time and we're overflowing. And the bigger problem is the stuff down here is safe. And that stuff, again, it's not bad But when it takes priority, there's really important things in our life that have to come out of our jar, that shouldn't come out of our jar. And there's a certain order here, but in our life, sometimes it doesn't look like that. Sometimes it can be the most important thing will come out of our jar when we have too much time. We just need to remember that there are different values associated with different priorities in our life. And what we do first is going to determine what gets done. So I would suggest maybe a different way to do this. So what if we did this demonstration and we'll do it this way. We'll start with the God jar or the God rock. It's so important that we have a relationship with God. We just read Jesus' words that said that is the most important thing. So we'll put that in there. And then we need to have time with our spouse. We need to have time with our children. And... uh, Maybe have our health in there, our extended family and friends, our career, maybe some things at church. And and as you can see, it's supposed to be all in there. You're going to have to cut out a few friends, but that's okay. But uh, you, you don't really need that many friends anyway. But as you can see here, we have now fit in all of our priorities, minus like that one friend. And we've got them all fit in. And you're like, yeah, but... I really like to golf, or I really like going to car shows, or I really like, I'm sure there's a couple in here, Fortnite, and I want to fit it in somewhere. You know, sometimes Fortnite is a jar in itself. Anyways, if you don't know what Fortnite is, say an extra thank you God prayer later today. But there's those extra things in life. For me, it might be going golfing. So I like to go golfing. Maybe I go, well, lately it's been about once a month. I'd like it to be once a week, though. And then maybe you play hockey on Thursday nights. We look at Facebook. And maybe there's some other social media things that we do. We like to travel, so we spend time traveling and planning trips. And we're just going to leave it there for now. And as you can see, it kind of all settles down. And there's, I don't know if you can see from there, I guess you can see a bit better there, that there's actually quite a bit of space still in there. But we were allowed to fit a lot more in. And the reason is we have the most important things in first. And now I purposely left some of these out. I can put more of these in. These things that are of little value, but they kind of 
add something to our life. We enjoy doing them, and we're all wired to enjoy certain things, and those things aren't bad as long as we put first things first. That's such an important thing. And the reason I left some of this out, if there is one thing that our culture is really, really terrible at, and I can be really terrible at, and maybe some of you are, is not leaving margin not leaving any margin for time in our life. So that's why I purposely kind of left that out. As you can see, this actually works out so much better. See, if we start with the important things, we're going to be able to fit more in to the point where our priorities will actually help dictate. They will determine how much we can fit in this allotted time that we have. If we do what Jesus said and put first things first, we're going to be able to fit more in our jar. Now, there's this quote by uh, Rick Warren. You may have heard this before, and and it kind of goes along with what uh, Nathan was talking about last week. And it says, living in the light of eternity changes your priorities. Is that not true? Is that not true? Living in the light of eternity. Again, I think, uh, Nathan, I I don't know if I can do your sound effects, but last week you had something like, our life is like grass, and it's like, whoop, whoop. It's just there and it's gone. It's quick. And the life is just that short. But eternity is so long. But if we live our life for the things of eternity, and that's what Jesus is saying in that scripture, to seek after God's kingdom and his righteousness, because those are the things that are going to last. Those are the things that are going to mean something. And it's so important that we do those things first. And there's so many other relationships in our life that I know if we look at the long term instead of short term, every single time you would pick your spouse or your friend or your children over a cell phone or a hockey pool or a movie. Every time when we have that conversation, but in the moment, it becomes really tricky sometimes. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about life groups. We do this about once a year that I spend a little bit of time on life groups. And you know what? The purpose of life groups at Pathway Church is not simply to fill your jar. It is not just to fill your jar. See, we hope and we find that life groups are actually a way to help you with the priorities that we think have eternal value and that are really helpful to you. See, our purpose is to help those that don't have it elsewhere to systematically be able to have genuine community and to walk alongside other people that are following Jesus. You might not be in the same spot. In fact, you probably won't be, and that's okay as long as we're going the same direction. And that we would together grow closer to God, not just to know more about God, not just to know more facts about God, but to truly know God more, because you know what's going to happen when we know God more? It's going to change how we live. It is going to change us from the inside out. And we sing songs about this all the time. And it sounds like a great idea because it is a great idea. But that's how it happens. And I understand that fall can be a really busy time. It, it absolutely can be. I, I feel the same way. But we also believe that one of these rocks, being Christian community, Christian-focused community, is crucial to be in your jar. It's not the God rock. We can't confuse it with that. That is not going to replace the God rock, your relationship with him. But we think this is actually a really critical piece for you and potentially your family. Now, there might be some other people, and maybe you already have a community of people. Maybe it's it's through some organized program like a mentorship group or a youth group or something like that. And maybe you have that, and that is fantastic. That is awesome. Maybe that you already have that. Maybe it's not even a program. You just have a group of friends 
And here's kind of the test. We can all have a group of friends and people we, we like to hang out with and spend time with. We can all have that. But here's the test. When is the last time that when you hung out, you talked about the good things that God is doing in your life? When is that a subject? Or when are you ever talking about, you know what, I was reading this morning while I was spending time with God this. What do you think about that? When's the last time that happened? When's the last time that that community, that group of people, when is the last time that when you were struggling, they said, can I pray with you? And you actually sat down together right there, not, oh, I'll pray for you, see ya. But we actually sat down and prayed together because that is the Christ-centered community we need. We absolutely need that. And you know what? We can have community that isn't Christ-centered and you're gonna have some of that. That doesn't replace this. You can read your Bible and you can have a great time where you're praying and that is important, but that is not the Christ-centered community. There is nowhere in Scripture. You look throughout the New Testament. There is no one that just said, and Bob read his Bible every day and never talked to anyone. It doesn't happen because we grow in the context of community. And that's why we have life groups at Pathway. Because we know there are some people that have what they need in this Christian community somewhere else, but we know there are a lot more people that don't have that elsewhere. And that's what we hope to provide for you. I've had the pleasure of being able to kind of see and hear comments from people that have been in groups. Even last year, I've heard two or three in the past couple weeks about how it was an absolute answer to prayer. It was literally, and I'm not exaggerating, it was life-changing what happened in those groups. And it wasn't because it's a magic bullet. It wasn't because there was like some secret thing that happened in February. It was that continual thing of getting together with people that are going the same direction. So our mission statement for uh, Life Groups of Pathway Church is to create genuine communities that produce growing and active disciples. And that sounds really good, and we, we have mission statements for different departments, but, but how do you do it? Well, number one is community. And this is one that there's a certain group that will want to skip past this, but it's important. Spending time together, encouraging each other. The odd time being able to have fun and laugh together and play games together, maybe do that often. But that builds community, which builds trust. And it's on that foundation of trust that the next thing has so much more impact. And that is the life application of Scripture. And I don't know about you, because you might be different than me, but this is what I find. If I'm struggling in a certain area and someone just tells me to read a Scripture, I can read that Scripture. And I trust that the Holy Spirit inside of me can work inside of me and I can understand something and maybe make some changes in my life. But I think how God wired us and how God made us is sometimes that's the case, that it's going to be just us. But I think often it's going to be with other people. See, because to me, it is so much more powerful if I'm having a problem with unforgiveness and bitterness. It is so much more powerful if I have someone in my group who says, you know what? I was struggling with that too. And I read that scripture too. And here's what happened. I found it in my heart to forgive that person, to truly forgive that person, and to be able to tell them that I forgave them. And now I am experiencing a freedom that I have never experienced in my life. Do you see how that's different? Do you see how that can connect with us in a different way? And that is the second part of how we accomplish this. The last part is 
we have someone looking out for us. Because we all have times where we kind of feel down and out. Or maybe uh, some circumstance in life, positive or negative, has changed. And we need some meals. Or we need some help. Or we need help moving. Some of those things, as we have that relationship with that group of people, it, it's an area that we can uh, be helped. It's also um, a way that someone can notice when we're missing. Again, I can only speak for myself. I cannot speak for all of you, but a pattern that I have seen in my life and the lives of other people around me is when things aren't going good or when we messed up again and we're kind of embarrassed, what do we do? Most of us, we don't run to someone to help. We kind of slowly step away, don't we? We slowly back up and we try and get ourselves out of the picture because it's so uncomfortable. But when you're part of that Christian community, whatever that looks like, again, it doesn't have to be a life group, but if you don't have it, we offer these life groups for a reason. That is such an important part of it. I wanted to share just a few details. If you're already in a group, some of this is a bit of overview, so I apologize a bit for that. But I think if you're interested in joining a life group for the first time, I wanted to let you know a bit of what it looks like. The time commitment, most of our groups meet three times a month. There's the odd one for different circumstances. It's two times a month. And they meet for about 90 minutes, maybe a little bit more each and every week. About half that time is spent, it might be watching a DVD and then having discussion questions or just discussion questions and, uh, go, or going through curriculum, whatever that might look like. The other half, it starts with prayer, which is an important part that we can pray for each other and with each other. That's an important piece. And then it's the community part. It's getting to know each other. It's getting to know people you didn't know or people you did know. You get to know them better. And another part is eating obscene amounts of food too late at night. And that kind of just happens. Maybe that's not so much a perk of it, but it, it is sometimes. The other question I get a lot of times, and these are just questions people ask me, so I'm trying to kind of fill in the gaps, is, is this like a class? And it absolutely is not. There are leaders, they're point of contacts for me, and they're looking out, and they're doing lots of things in behind the scenes, but they're not the teacher of a class. It's not like that. How I look at it is Sunday mornings, like right now what's happening, is like when I was at college and there was a lecture, and someone was conveying information, and that's what we're doing. What life groups is is more like the lab time. It's when you get your hands right in there and you really try and wrestle it and figure things out in life. Figure out some of those principles. You're like, I know it said that and I agree and it makes sense and I really believe that God wants this for me in that area. But how did you do it? Because I don't know. That is all a part of it and I think that's an important part. Um, another part of it is you'll see, I'm going to point out the sign-up process shortly. Make sure to look to see if there's any groups that say no kids at this group, because there are one or two of them, um, all the other groups or kids are more than welcome as long as they behave, don't punch like holes in walls, or don't punch other children or other adults, or eat all the snack, things like that, just general guidelines. But we like to have kids in our group, and that is fine uh, as long as they're behaving. So that's not, we try and make it so that they can be there, because we don't want you to miss out on community, because we really believe that this rock of community is that important. We want to make a way for that to happen. What is expected of me? This is one of the main questions that I get myself. Number one is that you would show up. The connection will not happen if you are not there. So number one is to consistently show up to a group. Number two is to join in. Now this is for conversation purposes, 
But we understand there's introverts, there's extroverts. We'll talk about that at the beginning of the year. There are those differences. And an introvert might only say one thing in a night. And someone else might say a bunch of different things and and, want to talk a little bit more. But it's not all about that. These groups are groups that we can invest together in each other's spiritual growth. It is not on the leader to do everything. That is not the expectation. The expectation is that anyone who joins a life group would join in and be part of the group and help that group work. So show up, join in. And the last one is to be real. And I couldn't think of a better term for this than plastic Christian. But if we are that plastic Christian, that every time anyone has an issue or we have an issue, we have the scripture reference for them, but we can't get real enough to admit when we struggled with it too. That's hard, right? Like that can be really difficult and we're not asking you to share everything your first week or anything like that. But the level of vulnerability that you have and being real will impact your experience in a life group so, so much. So those are kind of our expectations of you. Um, The last part I want to say, life groups are fantastic. I've had so many good experiences over the years. I've met so many amazing people. There have been people that have poured into me and I've had the opportunity to pour into other people and you can go back and forth. There are times that life group can be messy sometimes, different backgrounds and personalities, figuring out how to work together. Um, But you know what? It is so worth it. And those consistent deposits that we put week after week are going to be so helpful for us. And that's why this is a priority and that's why this is a rock. Because in fact, I think that life groups will actually help you with every big rock that's in here. They should help you. I hope that as part of your group, you'll learn to be a better husband or a better wife, a better father, a better mother, a better friend. Most importantly, I know that it will help you get closer to God. And when you don't even know what that means, there'll be people to walk alongside you on that journey. So whether you're interested in joining a life group or not, I hope that you found this illustration helpful. I hope this whole idea that we only have so much time. So what we put in first is going to determine what gets done. We only have a little bit of time. So that's not wasted on things that have little value. You know, it seems like there's never enough time. And it seems often that the important is pushed aside for the urgent. But I would encourage you to put first things first. I would encourage you to put the most important things We all only have one jar. We can't get an expanded jar. We can't change the size of our jar. We have one jar. And I encourage each and every person to make sure that we put the first thing first. And as we go through life and we look at time and we look at it, as Nathan said last week, in the light of eternity, I think it's so important that we start by putting Jesus first. And whether you're a Christian in this place, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, that, that absolutely should be our target and needs to be our target. If you're a guest this morning or you've been coming for a while and you're, you're not a Christ follower yet, you're thinking about it, but you're not quite sure yet, that's okay. That's absolutely okay. But the truth of that scripture does remain. It is so important that your first priority in eternity, when we look at it in the realm of eternity, is that we would seek after God's righteousness and God's kingdom and the things of God. It's such an important thing. We need to put what's first first. And so many times we mix that up, but I just pray and hope that we can do a better job doing that going forward. And I hope life groups can be a part of that for you. I'm just going to take a minute and pray. 
Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.